From Washington, D.C., this is the Korean American Perspectives, a new podcast presented to you by the Council of Korean Americans. Welcome to the Korean American Perspectives podcast, where we explore the triumphs and challenges of the Korean American experience and examine different sides of complex issues that shape our community. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy this episode. This is the Korean American Perspectives podcast. My name is Abraham Kim. I'm the executive director for the Council of Korean Americans. And with me is my co-host, Jessica Lee. How you doing, Jessica? Hi, everyone. <laughs> It's wonderful to have all of you here to our inaugural podcast. Uh, this is one of our newest initiative here at CKA. And for those of you who don't know uh, about CKA, uh, we're a national Korean American leadership organization. Our mission is to advance the national voice, interest, and influence of the Korean American community through education, collaboration, and leadership development. And Jessica, you've been doing a lot of interviews around the country with, um, with a lot of important opinion makers and leaders. Love to hear about what this podcast means to you. Thanks, Abe. Well, it's great to be here with all of you. Um, thanks so much for tuning in in our first episode. As Abe mentioned, I have been traveling across the country from California to New York, interviewing different people in our community who are doing amazing work, uh, whether they're in the arts, in policy, healthcare, philanthropy, uh, leadership development. Uh, we have so many Korean Americans who are doing extraordinary things, and I think this podcast will be a, an opportunity for us to hear directly from them on what inspires them to do the work that they do and how it relates to our broader community. And so I think this is a really important tool uh, for CKA to really turn the microphone to you all um, and to really give you a voice to, you know, really help us understand uh, all the various uh, things that are going on in our community. Absolutely. I think not only here in the D.C. area where we're recording this, but all across the country, there's so many leaders, trailblazers that are doing some amazing things, both in civic engagement, in public policy, in business, in research, in academia. And I think bringing these stories and highlighting these stories is one of the important purpose behind this podcast. But I think there's a second important reason for why we're doing this. And that's, uh, there are a lot of issues that really shape our community. Things ranging from healthcare to philanthropy to even North Korea. Uh, but there, we are really divided uh, on a lot of these issues. And I think it's important that we bring some of those voices on both sides of issues to, uh, to the air like this through this podcast. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think the joke is, you know, when you speak to Korean Americans, they'll have different opinions about just about everything, right? And, you know, we have also strong feelings about certain issues. And I think while having, you know, passionate opinions and viewpoints are obviously important, we're also trying to find commonalities wherever possible so that, you know, if issues come to, you know, the national fore and, and we have Uh, an ability to respond that we would be able to contribute in an informed way. And so I think part of what the podcast uh, seeks to do is just, you know, provide information uh, from experts and really educate ourselves on, on what's happening across the country. Absolutely. And I think our goal is to highlight and, as you said, educate our listeners 
And it's up to our listeners to determine where they stand on the issues. And and our job is to uh, highlight, educate, and inform our many, hopefully many, many listeners across the country. And in that vein, you know, it was such a pleasure to sit down with uh, Congressman Andy Kim, who, as all of you know, is our only uh, Korean-American member of Congress right now. And it was just, Abe, you've met Andy a number of times, and you've seen him speak. And, you know, obviously, as people in Washington, we do pay close attention to what goes on in government. And so being able to sit down with Congressman Kim in his office um, and, and really in a brief period, understand exactly why civic education and, and, and engagement is so important was really exciting for me uh, as a former congressional staff member who's never worked for a Korean American member in my life. So I think, you know, it, this just kind of goes to show that there's just a lot happening uh, you know, at the local, state and federal level. And you know, I think really it's limitless in terms of, you know, people who we can have on this show to really help us to understand from their point of view what's important uh, for the broader community. Absolutely. I think uh, I, I was listening to the interview and it's it's really uh, not only very inspiring, but also uh, helped me to understand my own Korean identity as I heard, listened to Andy Kim uh, share about his own life, his uh, life as a a child of immigrants who came to the United States and how his Korean identity shaped uh, his upbringing, but also as he uh, decided to run for office and how he is in office today and how he's looking to the future. So I think there's some amazing uh, stories here and not only Andy Kim, but I think there are many different leaders that have similar kinds of experience. And in particular, I think the timing of your interview with Andy Kim was particularly interesting, Jess. Why don't you explain that? Absolutely. So it just so happened that the few days before uh, I sat down with Congressman Kim or earlier this week was the passage of his first bill that he ever introduced, H.R. 1385, the State Allowance for a Variety of Exchanges or SAVE Act. Uh, that became incorporated in a larger bill, H.R. 987, the Strengthening Healthcare and Lowering Prescription Drug Costs Act. And that passed with bipartisan support in the House of Representatives and is now awaiting action in the U.S. Senate. And so, you know, to be able to speak with Congressman Kim about that uh, monumental achievement in such a short period of time, uh, I think, was really exciting. And in general, I, I get the sense just from talking to different folks that when it comes to Korean American issues, so-called Korean American issues, I mean, they are as basic and as commonsensical as you would expect, right? It's about having a good life <laughs> and, you know, being able to live our American dream. And nothing is more important toward that than having basic health care and as most of you know, Korean Americans have one of the lowest rates of employer-sponsored health coverage among Asian Americans. And there are a lot of different reasons uh, that, you know, we are not covered. <laughs> and, you know, it could be about poverty, it could be immigration-based barriers, such as not having U.S. citizenship, language barriers in the enrollment process, misinformation out there, et cetera, et cetera. So I do think that healthcare is one of those issues that, you know, really merit more uh, attention, you know, certainly by our community and also CKA, so that we could just understand how uh, decisions get made that affect millions of Korean Americans and Americans uh, across the country. Yeah, let's let's now turn to the uh, your interview with Congressman Andy Kim and enjoy the show.
My name is Jessica Lee, and I'm your host of Council of Korean Americans' new podcast series called Korean American Perspectives. Today, I'm pleased to interview Congressman Andy Kim, who represents the 3rd District of New Jersey, to hear about his personal journey to Congress and his passion for addressing health care challenges. Thank you for your time today, Congressman. Of course. Thank you for having me. So, Congressman, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up as a Korean American? Obviously, our listeners uh, tend to be Korean American, and we're so very proud of, of your accomplishment um, as the uh, the sole Korean American in Congress at this point. But um, how did being Korean American affect you as a child? And were you proud to be Korean American? It is something that my Korean American identity is something that has really continued to reveal how it affected my upbringing and my past as I grow older. You know, for me, I think about my father and my mother. You know, I'm the son of immigrants and I've often talked about how my father grew up in an orphanage in, in South Korea as a polio survivor, and my mother grew up in a poor farm family. And I'll be very honest, when I was, um, when I was very little, it was hard for me to understand the life that they had lived. It was hard for me to understand the challenges that they had faced uh, and the loneliness they must have experienced here in the United States. And I think that was something that I really came to understand over, over the course of time, especially now that I'm a father of two Korean-American baby boys, and I see all the difficulties that come with raising a family. And I'm thinking, how did my parents uh, do this on their own when we had no other relatives here? And then I realized, I remembered how, you know, that was the core of our church community. We were a part of a Korean-American church. And the community there was, was filled with people like my parents who were taking a chance in the United States and seeking new opportunities because of this American dream that they wanted to pursue. And they helped each other out. And in that way, I just, you know, I remember the Korean American community being a pillar of strength for us and being a place where we could turn when we had questions or didn't know who else to turn to in this country. And that was incredibly important. And it makes me so proud to have been raised in that community and now having a chance to be a, a Korean American in Congress. So one of the issues that you uh, have prioritized on the Hill uh, has been around healthcare issues. And, you know, as you know, the Korean American community among all Asian Americans are among the lowest in terms of coverage of health insurance, in part because many of us are small business owners. And this is an issue, whether it's mental health or just access to healthcare, something that really plagues our community. And so I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you approach this issue here in Congress. Well, healthcare is very personal. Um, it's as a father of two baby boys, I think about it constantly. And it was the reason why I decided to run for Congress. I never thought that I would run for Congress. Um, but the reason why I, I did this is because I heard so many people in our communities both my uh, voters and constituents in my district, as well as people across this country, including Korean American communities that were talking about the challenges that they faced. And look, we live in a time right now when 40% of Americans can't handle a $400 emergency. I just, I just heard another statistic that 40% of Americans don't have uh, ten, over $10,000 in savings for their retirement. You know, then the sheer number of people that are living with such fragility in their lives. And I think that that's something that, uh, that hits 
immigrant communities and minority communities. I've certainly seen it in the Korean American community. Healthcare is key for that. You know, what, how can you pursue the American dream that my mother and my father told me about and they live their lives pursuing? How can you do that if you don't have your health? My father often told me that his ability to manage his own disability as a polio survivor was critical for him to be able to get an education, for him to be able to get a job. So his health was necessary. So I'm trying to think through ways in which we can do that. Find some tangible solutions to be able to help people, help them lower their healthcare costs, help them be able to afford their prescription drugs. These are problems right now that so many people are facing. And as you rightly pointed out, many of them, small business owners or employees that are, uh, are struggling right now to be able to provide health care or retirement savings to their company. Uh, this, uh, as someone who sits on the small business committee, that's something I'm very focused on. And as a chairman of one of the subcommittees, my very first uh, subcommittee hearing was focused on what we can do to help small businesses that are owned by minority popul- minority uh, business owners. So this is something we're continuing to push going forward. What led you to introduce the bipartisan bill, the SAVE Act, that would empower states to establish their own healthcare exchanges? Well, I'm glad you raised this because just a couple days ago, we had the passage of the SAVE Act through the House of Representatives. I'll tell you, it is a a really extraordinary and humbling feeling when my very first bill that I introduced uh, as a member of Congress uh, was able to that I was able to vote on it and pass it through the House of Representatives with bipartisan support. This uh, bill came out from a conversation with another member of Congress. I am somebody that comes from a public service background. I've worked under both Republicans and Democrats, and as I told you, I never thought that I'd run for Congress. I'm not somebody that sees my life, um, sees my identity through uh, this partisan lens of Democrats and Republicans. So I really wanted to make sure I reach out to members on the other side of the aisle, talk about our priorities, find areas of common ground, because we, lo- we know we live in such divided times. I mean, everyone knows that. So for me, the challenge is, what am I going to do about that? How can I try to heal this and move forward? So in this conversation with a congressman who literally lives on the other side of the river from me, I mean, there's a bridge, uh, the Burlington-Bristol Bridge that connects our two districts. Um, we decided to have a conversation, figure out you know, some of the areas we might be able to work together on, and we decided that we wanted to work on something with healthcare, show the American people that healthcare, as divided of a topic as it is, still has areas of common ground to be able to lower costs for our people. Be able to find innovative ways like the SAVE Act, which pushes uh, and tries to encourage states to be able to set up state health exchanges. It's a proven way to be able to lower healthcare costs. And this is something we took on in a bipartisan way. And we're hoping now that it's passed the House that we can get it uh, heard in, in the Senate and hopefully actually pass into law. I'm not interested in just you know, bills that are just messaging bills and pie-in-the-sky ideas. Um, you know, now is a time for, you know, where the rubber hits the road and getting things done. There's so much we can get into because healthcare is such a big issue. But um, I think one thing that would be helpful for our listeners is to, you know, better understand how ordinary citizens can get involved. Um, part of what CK is trying to do is to educate our community 
about, you know, through educational briefings and outreach events and, of course, uh, large convenings in, you know, uh, in Washington, including at the White House and Capitol Hill on ways that they can um, know more about what's happening and what decisions are being made that affect our community. Can you think of ways that Korean-American community can be uh, clearer and more organized around issues that you think, uh, you know, need greater awareness? Absolutely. Power in this town, uh, in Washington, in the halls of Congress, derives from the people. Derives from the people's ability to get their voices heard. And that's a key place to start. I'll tell you, having been able to win this seat in Congress, just it seemed like a long shot when I started, right? And I wanted to show that anybody in this country should have the ability to try to roll up their sleeves and try to figure out how they can contribute to uh, their government. And I remember I went to a Korean-American church in my district uh, just a couple, a couple weeks before Election Day. And a number of people there were very excited that I was running. I asked them, well, make sure you get out there and vote. And a number of them said, oh, I'm not registered to vote. And I think that, that therein lies a, a problem, right? Because if power is about having drive from the people and it's about people having the voice, you're not going to have that voice unless you vote. That this is something that uh, I think is important for us to internalize. That this engagement is so critically important. And that uh, think about what it is that I, I know that many Korean American families, my own included, you know, sometimes it's easy to get caught up in your daily lives and, and, and trying to think through, like, well, what is, what is government doing for me, right? But when I think about it, you know, when I think about how government was able to make it such that my father could come here and study, you know, it was the government's actions that allowed my mom to be able to transfer her nursing degree over and be able to be a nurse working here in, in New Jersey and elsewhere. You know, it is, it created these opportunities. And that, those opportunities for my parents were ones that people in government had chosen to do prior to that point. And now it's, it's my job to try to figure out what I'm doing for my kids' generation and, the, and, and, and for our own lives. So we got to just understand that. And I think making sure that we're all registered to vote, making sure that we're getting out there and voting, making sure that we're informed about who it is that we're voting for, that we have a clear understanding of what our priorities are, and to be able to talk to each other, share our ideas, be able to have these conversations are important. For me, now as a Korean American in Congress, to be able to have a seat at the table, a voice in the room, an ability to introduce legislation. I never have to ask anyone's permission now to be able to introduce legislation into Congress and be able to have that debate with people here. I hope that Korean-American communities around this country um, are excited that I'm here. And I hope that it shows to them the um, progression that is being made towards growing that voice. And while it is that we continue to build our Korean-American identity, it's also just incredibly important to just weave that in with the broader American story, to not just talk about it as the 
Korean American story, but be able to really show that these issues that we care deeply about of healthcare, of education, uh, of business, uh, these are ones that all communities in this country uh, are interested in. And our, we have a lot more in common with, uh, with other communities, especially other immigrant communities and minorities communities than sometimes we even imagine. That's the way I was able to become a representative in a district that frankly has very few Korean Americans in it, um, was because I was able to show that my story is like their story and all of us uh, are part of that thread. And I think that that approach is one that I will hopefully serve the the Korean American community well here, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Well, Congressman, thank you so much. And, um, you know, I think for all of us who think about government, you know, being able to uh, demystify that concept and understand, you know, what ordinary people can do and that we can have an American of Korean descent like you in Congress, I think is incredibly empowering. So thank you for uh, speaking with me today. Uh, that was Congressman Andy Kim, and I'm here in his Washington, D.C. office. Uh, and I uh, look forward to speaking with you again, Congressman. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wow, what an amazing interview. And in particular, it's really extraordinary that uh, Congressman Andy Kim got to pass uh, his first uh, piece of legislation through the House of Representatives with bipartisan support. Uh, it, it, that was an extraordinary uh, interview, Jessica. Well, thank you. It was, you know, it was such a pleasure to see him in his office and meet his staff and, you know, really get a sense of what his day to day might be like. And I, I just couldn't be more proud uh, of the fact that um, someone of Korean descent uh, is, is doing such great work to advance all Americans' lives and interests uh, in the Congress. So uh, we should be very proud of him. Uh, we should. And it's, it's, it's wonderful to hear that Korean Americans are really making a, a big impact. I look forward to many more interviews. Uh, I think we have uh, many more Korean American leaders, not only in the policy world, but also in the business and uh, research and other areas. And so uh, I think our next interview is with Eugene and Carol Choi from United Exchange Corporation. They're from Orange County, aren't they? Yes, they are. We're going to be uh, talking a little bit about what it meant to grow up Korean American in Orange County, uh, how they were entrepreneurs in the area, uh, but also the philanthropy work that they're doing today as, uh, as contributors to their community. That's right. And we're, we're looking forward to exploring different themes in uh, related to philanthropy, Korean-American identity, uh, immigration in that next episode, as well as in subsequent episodes. So we hope you'll tune in. Um, we also want to take a moment to acknowledge the incredible behind-the-scenes work of our community engagement associate and producer of this podcast uh, series, Kevin Koo. So if you like the quality of this podcast, it's because of Kevin. <laughs> and uh, really uh, enjoy traveling with Kevin and getting his uh, support as we capture these stories. And also, if you want us to uh, interview other people, interesting people around the country that are trailblazers, uh, please make sure to send us an email, podcast at councilka.org. 
Great. Well, as Congressman Andy Kim said in the interview, you know, power does reside in people and our ability to get our voices heard. And so I couldn't think of a better, uh, more poignant way to end this first uh, episode of our podcast series on that note. And I hope that you will find these discussions enlightening and useful. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning into the Korean American Perspectives podcast. Head over to councilka.org for the show notes of this episode and see exciting upcoming programs at CKA. That's councilka.org.